Chris Chang and Phillips. <laughs> and I'm Trevor Chow Fraser. And this is Let's Find Out, a podcast about becoming a historian, learning about local history based in Edmonton, Alberta, or a Miskwichi with Skygun on Treaty 6 territory. Let's Find Out is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. Listeners, this is going to be the last of our grad school check-in with Chris kind of episodes. Um, and at the end of the episode, we're going to talk about what we want to do next. We'll involve some more questions from you. How you doing, Trevor? It's been a long time. It has been a long time. Oh, hi, Elliot. <laughs> Classic. Oh, my gosh. She has a, a sixth sense for this. What timing? What timing? How did you know I was working? <laughs> I heard you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hi, Elliot. Yeah. You, you go back to reading, okay? Okay. Yeah, well, that's been about the last... That's that's kind of how it's been the last couple of weeks, <laughs> months, seasons. I don't know. Small house. Things are good. Too loud, kids. Things are good. Yeah, Elliot's uh, coming to the end of grade one. Nice. And so we've gone through, like, I think since the last time we talked, we've gone through parent-teacher interviews. We've been, like, figuring out her next year. Uh, we had May break, which is a new thing. When I was a kid, I went to school. Mm-hmm. Kids these days have got a week off every month, it seems. <laughs> uh, which is, it can be fun. You know, we had some fun. Um and uh, I, I've named my other baby. I named him my baby. <laughs> what? Uh, Cohen, uh, Cohen has until his first birthday to be registered with the state. And I was mulling over some middle names. Uh-huh. Um, so, so we're about ready to let the state know that he exists. <laughs> Just about there. I didn't realize that um, officially uh, Cohen didn't exist yet. <laughs> I think it depends what part of the bureaucracy you work to inquire with. Mm. The part of the bureaucracy that gives us money did not know. Mm. <laughs> yeah. The part of the bureaucracy that does vaccinations did know. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's been like a busy spring, I think. Um, just, just, uh, figuring out life and I started a new, new job. I mean, I started working full time at the new job, uh, Cohen's in daycare. Marcel started working again and, uh, and we had our first board game like with the, with an external person in, in like three years, we had a board game afternoon. That was really fun. (laughs) Yeah. Things are getting a little bit back to normal. How have how uh, how have you been doing? Uh it's 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 been a, it's been a lot, <laughs> but I've survived so far. Officially survived my first year of grad school doing my history MA. Um, Congratulations! Thank you. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's been pretty thrilling to to be able to survive it all in my. <laughs> rusty 35 year old brain somehow made it through a year of grad school reading even though i had been out of school for 11 years um yeah so it was was a lot um this year you know we made it through being 
in person than online. All libraries were closed for in-person browsing for like two months. Incredibly difficult to get into archives. Then suddenly everything was in person again with no vaccine mandate, no mask mandate. Good luck. Maybe there's going to be a strike. Turns out there's not going to be a strike. Also, please finish all your assignments on time. Nice. And then, and how'd you do? Trevor, I got straight A's. <laughs> of course you did. Of course you did, Chris. <laughs> That's awesome. It was, Way to go. It was kind of, uh, it was kind of wild. Uh, yeah. Quite proud of that because it was, it was so intense. Um, and also I got just a, a boatload of funding, which was super exciting. Um, so the, the main, um, funder for, um, people studying history um, in terms of like public federal funding is uh, SHRC, the Social Sciences Humanities Research Council. Um, so I got SHRC funding, which was really thrilling. Um, and um, yeah, pr props to my supervisor, Lisa Piper, thank you. And also Stephen Bocking for the awesome reference, really appreciate it. <laughs> and then my department gave me a top up grant. So I got just a boatload of funding from that. And then I got, um, a Western Canadian History Award um, from the Luxton Foundation um, in honor of Eleanor Luxton, who was a Western Canadian historian focused on the Rockies. Um, so that was pretty great. I got some money to go consult more files in Banff at the White Museum. Um, so I'm going to be doing that soon. Um, I spent all of April with my head down writing essays, basically. Um, one about... Um, I mean, you, you know, the, the war in Ukraine was on my brain a lot and how it is that, you know, people justify doing horrific things like the Russian army is doing in Ukraine right now. So I wrote a paper about cultivating hate in wartime imperial Japan because it felt like a useful analog from what we were learning in one of my classes. I wrote a paper. Wow. Yeah. It, I don't know, just kind of getting into the mindset of like, how do people, yeah, justify atrocity? Um, yeah, it's kind of intense. Cool. Um, for my energy history class, I got to write a paper about women's labor making pemmican in the fur trade era. And then I did a journal article writing class and got to write um, that piece about the UNESCO World Heritage designation for the Burgess Shale, which was on the podcast. And that is the first piece of my thesis. So that's that was pretty exciting. That's awesome. <laughs> Chris, you've written so much this past year. That must feel really good. It does feel really good. I feel like I'm like mostly proud of what I wrote too, which <laughs> they're not things that they're not so things that you just knocked out because you had to get the marks. You like you, it sounds like you made intentional choices about what you were writing. Yeah, I mean, I tried to learn a diversity of things. Um, I could have made everything link back to thesis-related stuff if I really wanted to stretch each assignment, but I felt like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm just curious about history in general, so why not take this as an opportunity to learn about stuff that I might not get to yeah. otherwise. Did you feel like grad school encouraged you to do that kind of broad or, like, adventurous kind of in research or or was there a pressure to yeah just like focus on your project and tie things back to the project which is ultimately what you're there for i think you're encouraged to take opportunities to link stuff to your bigger project maybe because 
most profs realize like the pace of this is quite quick so you might appreciate like biting off chunks of it yeah. as you go um but i found pretty much all the assignments open-ended enough that if i wanted to broaden my interests a bit i could um and i mostly took opportunities to do that rather than just focus on stuff relating to my thesis yeah yeah that's good to know and you got a ton of money that's yeah. cool so so that's like bankrolling your lifestyle you've been traveling you've been <laughs> <laughs> i mean mostly it's been bankrolling not having to do a, a part-time job on top of school which is uh, it's really good for my mental health um, not, not to be pulled in like a hundred directions at once because I'm already pulled in like five. I'm on the Grad Student Association for our department and we do this show and I teach at CJSR still and I volunteer at Dino Lab. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I got enough directions to be pulled in. Is that? But it will help me go to archives and stuff. I don't know if like, I don't know if I'm going to get you in trouble, but like, are you allowed to? do that you're like you got all this money from the government to fund your research and then you just you just mm -hmm. you're allowed to just use it on rent and food like <laughs> it's incredible yeah almost all these um grants are like just to fund you being a person learning in the world um which is perfect <laughs> that's exactly what i need with i mean with history like yeah, there are some travel expenses for, like, I need to go to Winnipeg to look at some stuff in the Library and Archives Canada stuff there. Um, I got to go to Banff. But, I mean, a lot of just doing this research is really flipping through files. Some of them are PDFs that I need to read through. And a lot of what I need funding for is just, like, right. yeah, being alive, being a writer right now. I so, mean, if you're yeah. going to look at PDFs, and if you're going to have, like, I don't know, five PDFs open in different Chrome tabs, you're definitely going to need, like, a high-powered mm. MacBook or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Research man. expense. Yeah, my brother is... My brother has teased me a lot about the quality of MacBooks that I have. <laughs> um, he's 17, and he's pretty sure that I've... I've got an overpowered computer for what I need, but, um, that's, uh, I appreciate that you're using your money wisely. I do know that you did take a trip down to Calgary at least. Yeah. So this was with a, um, sort of satellite crew for let's find out. So it was, it was me and, um, uh, my friend Kate Lusick. Um, you were not able to come to this, which was too bad. Uh, I, I, I did a live show there for us um, with some of the Alberta um, podcast network shows that were also doing live shows at Cal Comic Expo. I got to see Mess Hall do a show, which was fun. Cool. Um, they, they're kind of a show about like trying new foods, and they did one um, that included them trying all like sci-fi and pop culture related foods. Like they had blue macarons just like in The, the Mandalorian, um, and they let us try some. They were gooey and blueberry, and it was great. Cool. Um, our show... Which was about Abraham Lake. Uh, <laughs> there was like a massive recording error, so it's not in the podcast feed uh, because uh, there's not actually a recording of it, unfortunately. But I'm going to do it again for a public history class in the fall, so there should be a recording of it then. Just, just this time, this time, I'm sorry, I will be there to handle the tech. <laughs>
Um, and then I was planning on going to this nature festival in the Kootenays with my grandparents. Um, this is kind of the bummer part of uh, um, where the summer starts was my grandpa ended up getting really sick. Um, he got a lung infection, and so I ended up spending a couple weeks going back and forth to Calgary to be with him and my Grammy in the hospital. And he uh, unfortunately did not make it through, and a bunch of my family were there with him in Calgary when he died, which was really rough. But um, yeah, I got to do a paddle on the Columbia River that we'd been planning to do together and kind of tell him about it over the phone. And um, I won a trivia question thing at the end because of some trivia that my grandparents taught me about the Columbia River system. So I won a bird book because of them and it felt very appropriate because he really loves birds and yeah. 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 Miss my grandpa, but that felt good. Um, I'm, I'm so sorry um, for you, for you loss. I, it sounds like, yeah, I, I'm glad you had that meaningful time on the river. Um, yeah, that must've been really hard. It was, yeah, definitely been reflecting on it a lot. Um, if you see me out in a Tilly this summer, big dorky hat, um, definitely trying to channel my grandpa's wonderful dorkiness because <laughs> I got a lot of it in me. <laughs> yeah, do- dorkiness must be genetic in your family. It sure is. And then Finn and I both got COVID, <laughs> which sucked a lot. <laughs> uh, oh, that's why you wanted to record over Zoom. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it was That's so terrible. It was a real bummer. Um, luckily we didn't get it too bad. We're both triple vaxxed and, um, yeah, Finn got it kind of like a flu. I caught it kind of like a cold. Um, neither of us lost our sense of smell weirdly, which was kind of nice. And I heard that doesn't happen anymore. Or like that was an er- that was the first strain and now, now it's not. I, I talked to someone who got <laughs> Omicron recently and they got that, but. Um, yeah, shout outs to my grandma, Small, and um, my sister-in-law, Ellie, and our friend, Matthew, and my Auntie Deborah for keeping us fed while we were super sick and stuck at home. Uh, a lot of people offered to keep us fed, and I, I just said yes to every single person. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I had planned to go on a kayaking trip with our friends Shelly and Kyle in the Red Deer River and going through Dryland Buffalo Jump Provincial Park and down to Drumheller. And I decided, you know what? I've tested negative. I, I'm tired as hell, but this is a place my grandpa liked to visit. And we've been camping and kayaking with my grandparents there a couple times. Last summer, I got to see the Allosaurus bone bed and Dry Island. So why the heck not? Whoa. And it ended up being really kind of healing, being on the water with good people. We started our first day pretty late. The kayak company guys were laughing at me because I brought our gigantic 20-liter jug of water, which was uh, funny to try to fit into a boat. Ended up helping balance, though. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, we kind of coasted down the river for too long the first day because we didn't realize, uh-oh, we're not quite in Dry Island um, Buffalo Jump Park yet. We realized that pretty late in the day. We barely made it to our campsite by nightfall, but we made it through. We saw a super fat beaver, which was very cool, golden eagles and mergansers and sandpipers. And we saw vultures. Have you ever seen vultures in Alberta? Uh, I don't think so. It was, I mean, not the kind that you don't see at the legislature, but. <laughs> Ooh, snap. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, it kind of, at first I thought it was a crow, but it had like a red head and a yellow beak and it was feeding on what was clearly an animal carcass. So I was like, this is, this is all the check marks of vulture. So that was wicked. 
Um, and then that night, you know, cool. as we made it back and set up our tents right before nightfall, um, I accidentally discharged my can of bear spray in the tent. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, it was me alone in the tent, and I, like, jumped out of it immediately. Um, and uh, Shelly okay. and Kyle were very nice. They let me sleep with them that night. That was, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that was not very much fun. Um but I, I weirdly I so I, I carry bear spray because we did this bears episode a few years ago uh-huh. and I've been thinking about bears now. There are bears everywhere. There are bears everywhere. You know there are bears everywhere. Now I'm aware <laughs> there are black bears pretty much everywhere in Alberta. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, the safety must have gotten jostled off while I was in the boat and um, whoops! Suddenly there was spicy pain all around me and uh, yeah, turns out bear spray is also an attractant. Uh, I did not know that. So then we like for t- attracts what bears, <laughs> bears. <laughs> so if you spray it directly okay. in a bear's eyes or nose, you uh, like uh, may have an opportunity to like disarm them in that moment and run away. Um, yeah. But if you've just like left a cloud of it, it is a very interesting smell apparently for bears. Um, so okay. we move to a different. I mean, I campsite. guess the, there are a lot of things like that, like s- vanilla. Vanilla is nice to smell, but it's terrible to taste, right? Oh, okay. Okay. Even like cinnamon. Mm. You like to smell cinnamon, but you don't want to chow down on it. Oh, like the cinnamon challenge? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess it's kind of like that. Totally. Yeah. Um, Wow. I'm worried, Chris. You're like barely making it. I feel good though. I feel good. I, I feel I'm glad like... you. I'm glad you made it back to Edmonton for this taping. Yeah, yeah. Uh, besides being like sunburnt and like you know, tasting a little spicy pain, um, I had a great time. Um, <laughs> made some new friends and and just like got to reflect on on life a little bit. Um, there's a an environmental writer, um, Becca Lawton, that I met at the U of A a while back, who said something really cool. She likes paddling in California a lot. She lives down there, and she said. That when she's paddling on the water, she feels like a particle because she's literally a piece of matter moving along uh, a river, you know. And um, I, I got to just reflect on being a particle for a little while and think about being in the Badlands, connecting me to this like great chain of life. All of our cousin species, like the red-winged blackbirds, flying by, and the cottonwoods, and then the ancient ancestors, like this hunk of petrified wood we saw on a beach, and the Allosaurus bones, and. And my grandparents too. I felt really connected to all of it, and um, I definitely thought a lot about that pemmican paper on this trip. Um, uh, I, I I found this research really interesting. Um, very short version is until the 1770s, 1780s, the fur trade was really stalling out at Lake Winnipeg. People trying to come from Hudson's Bay and Montreal inland couldn't really go any farther than that because voyageurs couldn't physically pack enough food in their boats to go any farther without starving. It wasn't calorie dense enough. It was expensive. A lot of what they were packing was rotten because it was imported meats and flowers from Europe. But then contact with First Nations like the Dene transmitted this knowledge of pemmican to the fur traders and they realized this well-preserved mix of like bison fat and meat and berries. This food could power way longer journeys and that's why the fur trade was able to reach places like Edmonton and then and all the way to the West Coast. Um, 
And that work of making the pemmican, a ton of it was done by indigenous women, from cutting and pounding the meat to cracking bones and rendering fat out of them and sewing bison hide bags to, and then act, doing the actual like social organization in bison brigades, where there were 2,000 people sometimes out on the prairies hunting in these Métis brigades. And women were doing peacemaking between groups out on the prairies. It's an amazing history, and it was it was really neat to think about that while I was packing my you know six hundred calorie exactly dehydrated Kathmandu curry and the hard boiled eggs and fresh fresh peas and stuff I had for our kayaking trip. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, that's really cool. I didn't know about that, but yeah, that is like, I mean, I I remember learning about um, it just like the distance that a horse could pull a cart or like an ox could pull a cart in a day was like that determined, you know, how far or how, how, how far you could trade goods, mm. uh, and like before, before the steam engine. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's interesting just to think about those types of constraints that we don't really have now, although with gas at like a dollar 75 or I was in Ontario for a couple of weeks and it's over two dollars. <laughs> like maybe maybe we're gonna come up against some of those constraints again about like how far can you travel in a day or mm-hmm. how far can you move goods in a day? And maybe we'll get kick-ass public transit in Canada again with you know publicly funded bus companies or awesome commuter rail again. That would be great. Yeah, those are things that exist in, uh, well, like, I mean, in Ontario, there's intercity buses and trains, and that's something that I miss in Alberta since the pandemic stopped via rail and the Greyhound shut down, well, like five or six years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, we definitely need that here. Yeah, really do. Um,. Yeah, and then just like a couple more things that that I kind of soaked in out there was um, being a history nerd can be unsettling in lots of ways. Like if you know a lot about a landscape, you kind of realize there are dark histories pretty much everywhere you're boating through, lots of reconciliation to do. But definitely one of the particular ways that being a history nerd was unsettling for me this time was I stayed overnight in Drumheller at this hotel where they had a little History of the O'Connell Lodge um, poster on the wall and because I love reading plaques and stuff, I read the this panel and it said that the hotel had burned down four times over the last century. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, realized that as I was getting my room key and I was like, so you guys have smoke alarms now, right? And the lady said, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely have smoke alarms yeah. now. <laughs> now, normally, normally I would have told you like, oh, a disaster struck here, but you know, lightning never strikes twice. <laughs> but if lightning has struck four times, <laughs> it pretty much seems inevitable that it's going to strike a fifth time. It's like that line in The Importance of Being Earnest. You know, um, losing one parent may be a tragedy, but losing both parents seems like carelessness. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Misplacing them. Yeah. <laughs> Misplacing them. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it is the end of May and, um, now I'm off to do the second half of my program, Trevor, um, which is basically me going out to archives, 
reading archival materials online, hopefully interviewing some more folks, and trying to come up with something original and important to say about how we make space for fossils in places like Yoho National Park and how that affects how we know nature in helpful and unhelpful ways. I'm so excited to see how that works out. Thanks. This episode of Let's Find Out is brought to you by Inventures, your front row seat to what's next. Register now for Inventures 2022, where you can learn, share, and be inspired by the startups, entrepreneurs, investors, and global thought leaders who are redefining the future. Inventures runs June 1st to 3rd in Calgary Online, that's this week, featuring more than 150 sessions, over 250 speakers, international keynotes, expert panels, startup pitch events, networking opportunities, and more. Reserve your pass now at inventurescanada.com. That's I-N-V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S-Canada.com. This episode of Let's Find Out is also brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Even if you're a busy business owner with more meetings than hours in a day, you can be calm and collected when your group benefit plan is taken care of by Alberta Blue Cross. Your employees can manage their own health, dental, life, and disability coverage online, anytime, on any device, making it easier for them and for you. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. So we've done a year or so of the podcast being about kind of what being in grad school studying history is like. I... I kind of feel like I want to do something new with the show again. Um, I miss talking to listeners. And um, one of our big reasons we, we've we done it like this for the last little while is um, what we both had the bandwidth for. And also COVID, um, you know, has, has made it challenging over the last two years to interview seniors in their homes and go into libraries and archives. But both those things are kind of changing, I think, right now. So, um I want to talk with you about what we do next with the podcast. I'm game. All right. Um, so listeners, um, you know, like the, the foundation of this show has been inspiring your curiosity about learning about local history and, and trying to show you some of the exciting ways to learn about it. And um, Trevor and I are both very interested in natural spaces in and around Edmonton and around Alberta. And I was thinking maybe we could do um, a season where we take your questions about parks and natural areas around Edmonton. Um, so this could be anything from like, hey, is uh, why are we building a provincial park around Big Island Woodbin? What's the story there? Or it could be like, hey, what's the story with that bench on that tiny natural area corner in my neighborhood? Um, uh, we're... I think we're we're open for business again, taking some questions. Um, what do you think, Trevor? Uh, I like that idea, yeah. I think that rings with some things that I've been thinking about uh, with the podcast, uh, like potential story ideas. Um, having, like, uh, I mean, we've been looking for, like, potentially moving into a new place this summer, so... I've been going around the city a little bit, exploring new neighborhoods, to me, new to me. <clears throat> and uh, I've just been thinking about things like, um, in Edmonton, there's some places where you see it's just very manicured front lawns. And then there'll be places where the front lawns are like, just like tiny little forests, um, where it's completely taken over with, uh, no grass, kind of, what, what was that called? 
like a dry, dry, waterless gardening type, mm. xeriscaping. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's some there's places where it's even the the grass between the road and the sidewalk. They've also like taken that over. Mm. And I was just wondering, like, how does that? How did that first come about? Because I, I imagine that would be very controversial if if my parents tried to do that and they're like suburban. <laughs> uh surrounded by like golf course lawns and uh it must have been like very controversial so I, i'm just wondering like who who was the first person who maybe challenged that uh in edmonton maybe there was there a bylaw against it did they have to like strike it down i don't know mm. um th- th- things like that I, get, I don't know i think maybe because elliot's always asking about like first things mm. i've been wondering like where was the first bike bike lane? Uh, hmm. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, you know, st- stuff like that. Uh, and then, who were the groundbreaking Edmontonians who, who who challenged these small things and made it so that we can have more natural, more uh, ha- more active city? You know. Cool. Yeah, I like it. What I like about what you're saying too is that we're. I don't want listeners to feel limited to things that have a capital P park name attached to them. I, I want to think about uh, like the spaces that we preserve for nature in and around Edmonton more broadly. Cause I, I think the messiness is interesting too. the, the places that make us question, is this a park? What, what kind of place is this, this protected quote unquote area? Um, I took a great class with John Acorn this year that really has had me thinking about, um, you know, even whether parks can sometimes be less biodiverse places than um, some places that we learned about, like Ellis Bird Farm near Lacombe, that have been doing some really active stuff trying to cultivate habitat for bluebirds and whatnot in a way that really is getting their hands dirty with messing around with what species can live there and, and what don't in a way that parks, at least like federal parks policy, tends to be more hands off, trying to go for... Um, an ethic of leaving things quote unquote undisturbed. Um, I just think there are lots of really interesting issues to get into. Um, and I'd love to, um, get into that with listeners. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Uh, and so we, we'd be taking questions from listeners. Um, would we be heading out with the listeners too? Yeah. Let's do field trips again. (laughs) All right, cool. Um, and not just summer field trips. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm going to be away for a bunch of the summer doing some research trips anyway. But also, I think like there are cool spaces to see in and around Edmonton, even in the the colder times of our year. <laughs> um, well, they're, they're definitely cooler at that time. Ha, ha, ha. Um, no, but like there's, um, you know, the Wagner Fen um, is super cool, very close to Edmonton. Um, Bunchberry Meadows. Um, there are lots of um, land trust type places in and around Edmonton. Um, places where you can like see what a wetland looks like in the winter or see awesome bird habitat in the winter. Um, Elk Island is very cool in the winter too. All the bison out there. And like your little neighborhood parklets or, or lawns and stuff. I think these, these issues are still interesting even when there's a little bit of snow on the ground. So um, let's let's take your yeah. questions. Uh, you know, even when we get to the cold times. Yeah, I have a question. 
Okay. On that note, mm-hmm. where where the best place to toboggan in Edmonton is? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, Maybe we could crowdsource that. That would be really fun. Ooh, we could do like tobogganing of of years past in Edmonton. I bet there are some great photos at the Edmonton Archives about that. Maybe Elliot can help us, you know, figure out a, a first related to tobogganing. I'll uh, put that on the agenda. Cool. Okay, so listeners, um, send us your questions about parks and natural areas um, in and around Edmonton. What are you curious about? We want to get into it with you. How will they get in touch? They will email us at chris at letsfindoutpodcast.com or reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook, on the Let's Find Out social media pages. Um, And uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Cool. So um, we're going to collect your questions for a little bit, brainstorm a little bit. We're going to take June off and we'll be back in July with some more Let's Find Out action for you. So thanks for listening. Let's Find Out is produced by Trevor Chow Fraser and me, Chris Chang and Phillips. Let us know what you think. Drop us a line at chris at letsfindoutpodcast.com. You can download all of our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Thanks to everybody who's been supporting this podcast, especially Finn. Original music for this podcast is by the startlingly lovely human being Doug Hoyer, who's got a show coming up tonight, May 31st, in Charlottetown. It's the album release for Getting Older, and it's at 7 p.m. at Baba's Lounge. If we've got any PEI listeners today. Trevor, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, if, uh, I could plug something. Um, my lovely partner and co-host of Which Please, the podcast, the Fortnightly podcast about Harry Potter and feminism, uh, is going to be well she has written the questions for a trivia night about the Harry Potter movies um, and it's happening at Beercade on June 8th uh, and you can find tickets on Eventbrite and you can you can go alone you can bring a couple friends have a team and uh, just play some Harry Potter movie trivia and <laughs> it's just for fun that date might change depending on the Oilers uh, playoff <laughs> progress, but but check it out on Eventbrite. I mean, whatever the date is on Eventbrite, that's what it is. Which please, probably June 8th at Beercade Trivia Night. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> well, listeners, until next time, keep your questions coming. 